Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Final hour, OutKick 360, Monday edition. Glad you're with us. Across the OutKick network, 6th and Peabody, our location each and every day. Downtown Nashville with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Plenty of headlines to hit over the final hour. We'll recap our conversation with former Texans head coach David Culley and much more. If you missed portions of that, you can go back anytime on the podcast. Just search out Outkick360 wherever you download your audio. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, and you can watch the feed uh, post-show or live, however you want to consume the show uh, here each and every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, headlines out there today, uh, NFL-wise, and from the weekend, DeAndre Hopkins continues to say he's not sure how he popped for the failed drug test. Um, he is uh, going to or is currently appealing the six-game suspension. But the quote in a, a recent interview with KPNX, he said that he, he's hopefully he can get the, the suspension reduced by the time the season starts. And the quote here is interesting. He said, we're still doing some research right now, Hopkins said. And I, I want to preface, he was popped for PEDs um, and was handed a six-game suspension what, about a month and a half ago, two months ago now. Yep. Hopefully, before the season starts, maybe we can get the games down a little bit. But no, it wasn't on me. I'm a natural. I pretty much, uh, uh, he said, a, a naturopathic kind of person. Homeopathic? No, na- naturopathic He's kind naturopathic. of person. Naturopathic, using his words. He says... Um, what it was, it's called Osterine. There was 0.1% of it found in my system. And if you know what that is, it's contamination and not something directly taken. I don't take any supplements. I've never taken supplements. I barely take vitamins. For something like that to happen to me, I was shocked. But my group, we're still trying to find out what's going on. So he, he admits that he's popped uh, for this. And whatever second test would have been conducted... Um, to confirm that the first test was legit, also came back as a positive. But the 0.1% is something, you will hear this a lot in martial arts, in the fight game. We were talking boxing a segment ago. Guys will pop for some type of uh, performance-enhancing drug, and there will be a very small dose of it. And they will, and, in, and some of the organizations will, will point to contamination of a batch. And then you'll try to Trace find another bottle that was that was produced from that batch um, based Testing. on the numbering system that they have and go back and test that. And then you can prove one way or the other if there was contamination within the, the, the supplement that you take. However, the NFL, and they, they don't. They, they make it extremely clear that you're responsible for whatever you take, no matter if it's contaminated or not. So if, is it realistic he could have this reduced? Yes. Is it realistic that he's getting off of any type of suspension? No. And he's, I think he's admitting that within that quote. I, 
I'm surprised that we haven't seen, and I'm sure there are protections written in here, but I'm surprised we haven't seen a player go after one of these companies for yeah. a contaminated supplement. Um, you know, here it sounds like it's absolutely what it is. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has a sterling record. If this, he knows exactly what he took, I presume. The, the measurements suggest that it's a contaminated supplement. He could probably find exactly what you're saying, another you know, sample of that batch. I guess, yeah, it's Take hard. It. I, I mean, are they protected? You know, and if they're protected against a contaminated supplement, then I would think that you wouldn't take the supplement because you know there's a danger of contamination. Well, he's saying he doesn't take supplements. He's taking no supplements. No, he says he takes the occasional vitamin. Yeah, he said I barely take vitamins. But in keep that. in mind too, like there, a lot of these companies, um, and I, you know, you just name some average run-of-the-mill vitamin supplement company, whatever it might be. You know, you can produce these things, these these pills, capsules, whatever, and then like you have a different packaging system. And the packaging company could have just packaged something that was completely different right. than what Here's, they are about to package. It's like and it's peanuts. not yeah, it's not clean Here's, properly. I think like everything that DeAndre Hopkins is saying is perfectly believable with how much stuff is out there and what could be put into food or anything else you're taking. And it's such a small trace of it. Here's the problem with that. Osterine, Osterine, however you pronounce it, is the trademark name for a SARM. This is not approved for human use or consumption in the U.S. or any other country. This is something you get on black market channels, that specific substance that he popped positive for. If you remember the name in Nashville, you remember Taylor Lewan tested positive for Osterine when he had his suspension, right? Um, he claimed the same thing. I, I, I hear that and I think, man, there's probably some form of like animal steroid in almost every meat that you could eat, or there, I could easily see how something could contaminate something you eat and you test for a trace amount of something that is on the banned substance list. When I hear that it's something that's obtained through black market channels and not approved in the U.S. for human consumption, then I think, well, maybe it's harder to find that in just a cross-contamination. But again, I, I'm not calling him a liar. Like, everything that he says... It, to me, is completely believable when you're talking about, was it 0.01% or yeah. whatever it is, the trace amounts of Osterin that was in his system. Was it Dwayne Brown Hutton who, uh, who yeah, was on meat. a Mexican vacation and ate meat down there, and he yes. did get a, uh, a significant reduction or, or got a suspension washed, washed away? Now, he had like a, a long list of receipts, and uh, and and the league went back and followed up on what he said, and and he got. Yeah, he won his appeal. He was a ten-game suspension, and he won his appeal. And based on a Mexican, vacation. based on eating too much meat during a trip to Mexico. And exactly what you said, uh, Chad. It was in. It was it was something that the the cow or the bird that he ate had ingested. Yeah, like all of that sounds, I mean, believable to me. Like, that is not a far-fetched thing. I mean, so, it's a very, very stringent policy, and we know yeah. why. But Absolutely. also, guy, it's going to err on the side of guys being out instead of guys being in. We also know that there are guys taking stuff that's – the chemistry's always ahead, and there are guys taking stuff that's ahead that they aren't yet testing for who are playing. 
Well, the, the, the one that always comes to mind for me is Romanowski. What was the, the, the story? Because he was backing it. The, the deer, antler, deer spray. antler spray or whatever it was yeah. that he was pointing to um, from, from players on, was it a Ravens player that had popped for something and he was on Radio Row discussing something that they would take back in the day or something? Yeah. Um, That's one that also, I mean, this is the last uh, 10 years, the deer antler spray deal was big for a lot of people in football. Deer antler spray. I mean, how do you like deer velvet? (laughs) It's amazing to me just the whole process of finding out that deer antler can help your performance in some way, shape, like all the testing that has to go into. Let's let's take every piece of the animal and let's grind it up, and then let's see what's going to help us. Like all the times you test something like that, and it it does nothing, and then you find out, you know, what's going to help us with our strength. Deer antler spray. Yeah. That's the ticket. Well, and there's a degree of it helping. I'm no scientist on this. Obviously, none of us are, and we've all read about it. And there's a degree of it helping, and then there's a degree of you thinking that it's helping also. You know, it's a, it's a physical game, and it's a psychological game, this whole getting the edge through this. Stuff. Well, the deer antler spray is supposed to uh, help you with blood flow. But I, yeah, that's, that's like what, these guys taking uh, Viagra to stay warm. It's a Chinese medicine used for thousands of years, according well, to Google. I don't know about you guys. I mean, if I'm a guy trying <laughs> to stay to in the out. league, if I'm a guy trying to stay in the league through any edge, and I'm toying with something that I might get caught with, even if it's even if it's ahead of the chemistry, right? I don't know if I could live with the idea of waking up every day and and getting my call for a test, and then waiting for the potential suspension call. That would do more wear and tear to my my mental state that would affect my game than anything could physically help me. I think if it was something that you fully believed, this is the difference between me playing in the USFL or the NFL. If you thought that was the difference or not playing sports at all, take the chance. You could easily take the chance and just fall back on. Well, if I pop positive, I can claim that I ate Mexican meat. (laughs) <laughs> on my cruise, right? I mean, you could always come make up something as to what happened. I mean, if, if that was, again, if you, if you could convince yourself this is the reason I'm hanging on to an NFL roster, I think you could wake up feeling fine. I don't, think, Hop- I don't think Hopkins is guilty, but I'd love for the next guy who pops, who's a semi-no-name, just to say, I, I was trying to stay in the league. And that I did it. We've, I, I don't know that we've heard a guy plead guilty. I don't want guilty. to just assume guilt or innocence to anyone. Like, I, it would not, with these stories, it would not surprise me if DeAndre Hopkins was on the juice in some way. It also would not surprise me if he had a contaminated batch. Like I, I get, like, the old baseball thing. You know, you see Brady Anderson pop that many home runs one year and then just disappear for a Hutton's while. favorite year of baseball. Well, I mean, you look at it and you think, okay, Era. it probably was up to your something and that era. one year. Something was going on there. Or you see a guy gain, you know, a Latimer from the program, gain 35 pounds of muscle in one offseason, and people are looking at him thinking, that guy's on roids. I get all of that, but I, I'm hard-pressed to just say someone's guilty or innocent by looking at them or seeing production. When a no I think game, everyone's equally uh, capable of taking a little juice if they need to to get a, over the when top. When a relative no-name pops, I'm, I'm not uncomfortable presuming some guilt. I don't know the frequency of these drug tests. I'd like him to say I'm guilty. But like, uh, you know, a decade ago, 15 years ago, guys knew 
after they got past a certain point, um, this was back whenever you could pop and, and get suspended for pot. You knew once you were tested, if you weren't on the, the list that was going to be frequently tested for a, a prior failed drug test um, and you had no prior uh, issues, after a certain point in training camp or after week one, you weren't going to be tested again. That's not PEDs, though. That, the, that's the two separate policies, and you're right about the recreational kind of stuff, but not performance enhancers. I think performance enhancers goes on year-round. And random? Yeah. And that was so. If it is random, and every player in theory gets tested the same amount every year, based on the randomness aspect of it, to be tested and then pop for point one, and then to not, you know, not have it again moving forward, that does speak to more innocence than guilt. I agree. Um, that, but you know, it, it also the amount. I'm paying attention to the amount in the failed test. Right, and if you can prove that it's a minuscule amount versus what you would take if you were really trying to get help from said supplement, then I think it's easier to make. Your, Is there your an argument. allowable amount of this? No, or I think it's completely no, banned. It's completely banned. That's why point zero one percent. You know. One percent, whatever a it is. 0.0001% no, is I mean, positive. It's not even approved to use. Period for humans. Yeah, not just by the NFL, um, but it's just not approved to use. But people use it clearly for an advantage in, in some shape or form. I, I'm just saying, like the fact that it's potentially in something that you eat, to me, would suggest there should yeah. be some minuscule number allowed in your blood. I would need to do more research on just how likely it is it's in something you eat. I, I, that's just a scenario I'm throwing out yeah. where I can look at it and say, well, you don't know where everything you eat comes from. There could be something in there that you're not aware of to give you that small of a, of a reading during a test. But, again, I'm no expert. And also, what is the control with these tests? I would like to know a bodybuilder that's on Osterin that tests positive in the middle of cycling through it. What is their percentage? Like, see what I'm saying? What, yeah. Like, someone actually on it, like, you got to know that information. Right. If you test someone is or you have someone doing it and saying – Okay, this person is doing it for whatever purposes. What's uh, that like number? I said, a bodybuilder. What does that percentage look like compared to this? Yeah, they don't really want us to know that kind of stuff. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. There is a player um, and a report that said player still has a trade request out with the team that he spent the offseason with. We'll mention this guy coming up. Also, there's a rookie who was taken very high in this past NFL draft, who will have surgery right before training camp uh, is underway. We'll hit that, plus recap the David Culley interview. All that straight ahead on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. So, uh, Devo Samuel, there's a report out saying that he has not rescinded the trade request, uh, this through CBS Sports. And, you know, despite how 
desperate he may have been to get the new contract, guys. He didn't get traded during the draft. He shows up to all of the OTAs and minicamp stuff. Um, he'll be at training camp based on the way he treated the offseason, and rightfully so. I mean, if he plays this continuing to show up card, it, it's hard for me not to see him getting some type of extension where he is, given the fact that they're investing in a young quarterback moving forward. Now, they, they still have uh, Garoppolo under contract, and we'll see what happens there because he's about to start throwing the football officially at the it could be this week early next week but he's about to put that on film and he'll he'll be moved somewhere but if I'm Debo Samuel and I'm representing him I'm thinking given the fact that you've got Trey Lance and a rookie quarterback under contract at a much cheaper rate right now than what they're going to be paying Garoppolo if he sticks around a, a year or who knows maybe they they're able to work something out but don't you think he's going to get the money to stay if if he plays his cards right just by going into camp and playing the way he played last year? That's at this point that's how I feel about it. After the season, I think he'll he'll get a, a nice deal if he plays the way he played. For sure. And I don't think he has much uh, I don't think he has any leverage to do anything else. Well, he yeah. certainly doesn't have the leverage that he had back in the draft. No. AJ Brown won. I, out of out of the four guys, AJ Brown won and the other 3 I can't just, do anything. It, it still bothers me that we consider losing to be playing through the contract no, and getting paid big at the end of the year. I, I don't <laughs> – what world are we in right now? Like you got Players just decide what they want and they go get it, and it happens right away. It did for A.J. Brown. Good for him. He got exactly what he wanted. He got the payday he wanted. I don't think that he necessarily wanted to not be a Titan, but he was willing to take the steps – to not be with the team he currently was with, to go get the money. That's the play for Debo Samuel right now, is continue to play the way that you have. You are a top young receiver in the game, and you will get yours. All of it. And don't sulk. In due time. Don't, don't sulk and don't... Uh, I mean, look, if you go have... If you just get it together, kind of admit that it, uh, the, the play for something now didn't work, and you go be a good team guy and are productive, then if you want to be a long-term 49er, you've got a good chance to be a long-term 49er. If you go in and you're sulky and you're, you're whatever, you're going to be somewhere else next year. And Samuel's going into the final year of his contract. So keep that in mind, too. And yeah. right now, they don't have an extension laid out for Nick Bosa, who has the fifth-year option, but is not going to – I mean – They'll work something out with him, and I think what Samuel's trying to avoid is any type of franchise tag. Well, he he's going to get tagged. The he may get tagged extension. and traded, but he's going to get tagged. So They'll they, work something out with Bosa, un, unquestionably, I would think. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to have to by next offseason. But, uh, well, but if Bosa and Samuel repeat what they've done... But Bosa has a fifth-year... Uh, fifth uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like Simmons. He's got, He's got the fifth-year option that they've yeah. picked up. But the, my point is, based on the money um, and the production, they're going, they're going to extend him next offseason if they, you know, yeah. as long as Bosa wants to play a game. They may do it this – they're going to do it this early. Bosa's been doing the same thing Samuel's been doing, which is going about the data rate regiment. And, and Bosa's getting paid to do so. Based on where he was drafted, he's getting paid between 10 and $12 million this year in year four. Whereas Simmons is getting 2.2 2  
in the same year drafted what difference from tw- 15 two spots. to 19 yeah so there, there's a big drop off in pay scale there also position and production as well you could argue but point being Samuel the the big point of emphasis that they were making this offseason was how he was used and on the open he wants to be used more like a wide receiver quote unquote than a running back the problem is within that system he is excellent in that role with Kittle and what they have on the outside and then how they can move Devo Samuel around that fits him perfectly when you watch him play now does that fit Trey Lance? It better. Um, and, and that could also play a role in all this. And I also think he's a guy that he's fine playing that role and being a team guy and getting the football in different ways. He just doesn't want him being a team player and doing those things to be used against him in a future contract negotiation when someone comes back and says, you're not even a franchise wide receiver. You're a receiver running back hybrid. You're not a, a, a pass-catching yeah. number one wide receiver option. He's trying to avoid that. It seems to me like if he gets the contract he wants, he doesn't care. Well, You I, just play me as a running back if you really see fit as long as I have that huge contract. It. Well, I think if the 49ers try to play it that way in terms of what they would offer him, somebody with him coming towards free agency or franchise tag, you can force stuff on the franchise tag, right? So you say, I'm not going to sign the franchise tag, trade me, and then somebody else will say, we'll pay you as a wide receiver. Yeah, but the tag itself, they would have to pay him based on the position, not how they would like to use him. Right. So he'd still be tagged under the wide receiver category, which is going to be considerably more than the running back Unless tag. the Niners are complete jerks about it. And, and they do the percentages and, and, and stuff? And try to do the things where they say, <laughs> he lined up X number of times as a... Yeah. Running back, therefore, we should manipulate the number, and it should be because that's happened before for linebacker ends, uh, in particular. I, I can't think of other positions that have tight end done comes that to way. mind. That, that's that, you know, n- I don't know that a tight end has pulled it off as a tight end wide receiver, but outside linebacker, defensive end, it has happened. Um, speaking of Garoppolo, let me pull this up. This. I'm anxious for that to Edelman come to its podcast. conclusion. So Edelman, Edelman feels good. Edelman wants to play again, right? So he's saying that now that I've taken going. a year off, my body feels pretty straight. But within this interview, Julian Edelman was asked about Martellus Bennett um, and his comment. So he, Edelman went on the I Am Athlete podcast and was asked about coming back. And he says he, he feels great. He'd love to play again, whatever. And Edelman was asked about what Martellus Bennett had said about Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'll tie in the 49ers here a bit. Bennett um, was on with uh, the McCourty Twins, the double coverage podcast that they do with Devin and Jason McCourty. And among, uh, this was a lengthy interview. This is taken from, you know, one of however many questions. And a lot of the questions had nothing to do with Garoppolo, but quarterback came up and Edelman certainly knew about this and was asked about what Bennett said. Bennett called ex-Patriots quarterback Jimmy G a, quote, B. I can't say it. Uh, and, and Can that we spell it out? <laughs> you can't win with a blank for a quarterback. Martellus Bennett saying that about Jimmy Garoppolo. Edelman concludes, quote, I can understand why Marty thinks like that. Mm. That's from Julian Edelman. 
in reference to what Bennett said about Garoppolo. That's, so, well, here's one thing I would say. A lot of time has passed but since those guys saw him backing up Tom Brady, which is a hell of a different position yes. than taking a team to a Super Bowl as a starter. Also, if you're a B, you're a B. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that that changes. If, if they saw something in a backup that they would lead, lead them to say that, that hasn't changed. But you can win with them. They, they won the NFC with them. They got to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the 49ers did. Yeah. I'm saying it went from the Patriots days. They're commenting on him with that. So, uh, But the quote defense, was, you can't win in with In defense him. of Jimmy – well, they didn't win the Super Bowl. Uh, that, Patriots don't talk about I, I conference championships. They're talking about winning a ring, right? I mean, that's – they're on a different playing field than most of the rest of the league that would consider yeah. winning a conference a great accomplishment. Uh, that's not a championship for the Patriots. In defense of Jimmy Garoppolo, who next to Tom Brady isn't a B? I mean, that's a pretty difficult standard to live up to. I don't know what behind-the-scenes stories they're pointing to. Uh, there. there's, there's a lot more going on here than we know about, Did they have so it's tough somebody? to speculate. But again, if your frame of reference is... Ultra alpha male Tom Brady, winner of more Super Bowls than any other quarterback alive, that's now done it at this age with Tampa. Everyone's a quote unquote B compared to Tom Brady. Yeah. So I don't but, know that I, I don't read that and think any less of Jimmy Garoppolo. I read that and think, well, these guys are pretty spoiled to play with Tom Brady. And look, from what we know about Garoppolo, I mean, I hear, I hear that word, and I think to some degree it means he's not the toughest guy in, right. in the world. Well, he's missed a lot of games, you know, but we generally— He's available for like 60% of right. his opportunities. We generally prescribe toughness and, and uh, you know, with, uh, toughness with that word, um, physical toughness, ability to play through stuff, fair or not. I mean, sometimes you just hurt and you can't go, um, but, you know— we also expect quarterbacks to avoid injuries, uh, and the good ones generally do avoid injuries. Yes. Whether that's a reasonable standard, fair or not, right? Quarter, injury avoidance is part of the quarterback position. Mahomes is still a young guy. He's coming to the league. He's avoided injuries, right? Um, you know, Brady, Aaron Rodgers, all those guys have had like one big injury and generally stay on the field. I, I, I think I had this conversation with Peyton Manning and did a story when I was at ESPN about injury avoidance being part of the job. Well, it's part of the job that Jimmy Garoppolo has not mastered. Fair, fair or not, that's kind of part of the deal. And I think that's probably part of what they're saying. And also his personality. He seems a little – like if I asked you to name a preppy NFL quarterback, who's the first guy that comes to mind? He'd probably be top of the list for me. Well, I just think pretty boy. Yeah. I mean, that's, Preppy, it's not his boy, fault that he's a good-looking dude. Right. But I look at Jimmy Garoppolo and I think, you know, this guy. Um, he could rub some dirt uh, on him. Looks like a guy, you know, eating Subway sandwiches as a model and not necessarily a pro quarterback. Yeah. When it's actually Tom Brady who's advertising Subway sandwiches, though he's not eating them, which is kind of Jimmy Garoppolo is advertising move. Subway sandwiches too. Is he? Yeah. But not eating Subway, Subway sandwiches. <laughs> not eating Subway sandwiches to me, and I love Tom Brady and have all the respect in the world for him. That's more of a B move. <laughs> yeah, but the you know the there's the other like we can compare this to the quarterback he may be traded for in Baker May Mayfield. Baker Mayfield played through the shoulder injury. Oh, he's tough. 
He's and, not a B. But That's yet, not how someone would describe him. He might be a J. But yet he's regarded <laughs> as a, a, a guy that the guys in the locker room didn't like. We could say that word, jerk. Oh, he man, might we be should, a jerk. I love playing the alphabet code. game with this, with um, different descriptions of quarterbacks. Let's just talk in letters. No, but like on the opposite end of the spectrum, there would be Baker Mayfield. Agreed. And he's also, according to those within that locker room, uh, people were siding with Odell Beckham Jr. more than they were Baker Mayfield whenever it was decided that, that Odell would be out of there. Um, even after the fact, people were still upset with how things ended with Odell based on Baker's relationship with him. So it's just, if you're winning, everything's good, right? Well, If you're winning, everything's good. We're getting into different descriptors now for different players. I don't think the knock on Baker Mayfield is weak or soft or a B. The knock may be difficult, diva, tough to get along Jerkish. with with some, a bit of a jerk. And so guys might side with another teammate because they just don't like Baker as much. That's a very direct assault on manhood that Martellus Bennett is saying and Julian Edelman is, isn't necessarily disagreeing with in regards to Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think the two are different. Question for you guys. Based off our interview with David Coley from earlier that I want to get into. Do you think he has any shot to be a head coach in the NFL no. again? No. No. Isn't that sad? Well, well, I mean, I don't think he was qualified to be a head coach in the first place. He got so his the, first the, interview. Yeah, so the, I mean with the, Houston. The I guess then what we're saying is it was a huge gift that he got an opportunity at all to be a head coach? I think it was. It was a great it was a great gift that he was he was yeah, given the opportunity by Houston and I'm I'm not going to say that they, you know, gift wrap this thing for him because it was anything but easy once he got there. I think they hired him. You guys tell me your opinion on it. I think they hired him because he's a relationship guy and had been known for repairing certain relationships and, and jobs prior. And they thought they could hire him and they could repair the relationship with Deshaun Watson because at the time he had already requested the trade. They had just lost to the Tennessee Titans at the end of December Bill O'Brien was out. He he was demanding certain things. And they brought in David Culley and immediately tried to get them one-on-one to repair whatever relationship was was worth repairing. And when that didn't happen, well, now all of a sudden there's philosophical differences, even though they're going to elevate a coach rather than hire from out the outside. That sounds good, and I would have thought that before today. But he said they didn't talk about Deshaun Watson during the interview process. And so, which if, is if that's what, the, yeah, which is makes okay. them a bizarre organization. But if that's your plan, you would have said, "Hey, what we want is for you to come in and sit down with Deshaun Watson. We think you're the guy that has the best chance, or do you think you're the guy that has the best chance, or what would you do in a thirty minute sit down with Deshaun Watson?" It, so I think they they hired him because he's a relationship guy, and I think they also hired him because they felt like Casario would be able to push him around. After and Casario wasn't in the end able to push him around because. After one season, Casario said, I want X, Y, and Z out. And he said no. After hearing the interview today, I think this is a case of, at least from the Texans' perspective, and again, I've said it before, I think that he got a raw deal just getting the one year given the circumstances. This is what I've talked about a lot, when going opposite goes wrong. Because I can't imagine someone being more opposite personality spectrum on on that spectrum of personality from Bill O'Brien than David Coley. And I think that they had had enough of Bill O'Brien and his abrasive style and nature, and they talked to David Coley and said, here's a guy, like you said, Paul, we can probably push around. 
And it's going to be a complete departure from the personality of Bill O'Brien. But Casario was new. No, Casario didn't deal with Bill O'Brien, did he? No. They, and the, I'm, Rick talking Smith about, was I'm talking out. about was Rick Bill Smith. O'Brien was his I'm own GM. talking about ownership but what, and what they wanted what to What did say. in Bill O'Brien was the Hopkins trade. Yeah, they his GM term ended they, Bill O'Brien. He was a terrible GM. They, they traded away DeAndre Hopkins for breadcrumbs. Yeah. No, it was a terrible. Well, he didn't get fired. Understand what I'm saying. He didn't get fired for his personality, but organizations always do this. Ownership, athletic directors, whoever. They just go in the opposite direction. Yeah. Regardless of how to, guys could have success and leave for another job, and you're going to go get the opposite style personality. You know, James Franklin leaves Vanderbilt, and they go hire Derek Mason, who's a completely different personality from James Franklin. Someone who probably wasn't going to push for a lot like James Franklin was and be out as outgoing about it. I think. Too often, people doing the hiring fall into that trap. I don't know, though, opposite if they were... Opposite for opposite sake. I don't know if they're hiring for the sake of opposite as much as they were hiring for the sake of getting Josh McDaniels a year later. Um, you know, if, But then they didn't pursue, which was weird. Well, McDaniels didn't pursue. Like the, He was very specific on who he talked with and who he didn't. And so, like, if you just look at the timeline of things, like, if, if Watson's... Legal issues don't come to light a year ago. Well, he's he's either traded, right? Or he somehow is convinced to stay, and they then pair him with Josh McDaniels with and again, we're tying this all in with the with the ties that he has to the New England regime that's now in Houston. You could also say the same thing about if Brian Flores' lawsuit doesn't happen, Sean Payton's in Miami, and you know if Watson settles, he's traded to Miami. There's a lot of things that didn't happen because of the Flores and Watson lawsuits. Either the one that brought on was brought on by Flores, or the ones that were brought against Deshaun Watson. I, and I, I agree with you, Chad, about hiring opposite. Lovey Smith isn't that opposite David Culley, though. That's the well, strangest hire. The, the, the sitting around, waiting forever, and then hiring Lovey Smith is I, the biggest indicator of how broken Houston is. Yeah. It also just doesn't make any sense. No, it, uh, it would all make sense if they hired McDaniels or Gerard Mayo. Yes, a Casario guy. I mean, you, hiring Gerard Mayo, if you're trying to avoid the stigma around the Brian Flores lawsuit, you can go hire a minority. You can hire a guy Casario knows from the Patriots. Well, they you interviewed Flores. You accomplish all those things. They interviewed Flores. Exactly. So why Lovey Smith? That's that's where that that hire doesn't make any of it make well, any they, sense. They hired Lovey Smith because they didn't want to be viewed as racist whenever they hired Josh McCown because that, that's who they wanted to hire. That was the storyline of the offseason. Right. But so follow through with that then. Then well, It'd even if bold. you don't, even if you don't follow through with that. Oh, you know it wouldn't be looked at as bold. No, I. I'm saying be your own man. I wouldn't look at it as bold, but if they think it's bold, then go do that. Well, even but again, That's, even if you're afraid they of... Were, they were begging for someone, another team yeah, to interview. Yeah, but if you're afraid of the racist overtones of whatever, because you just fired a minority after one year, the Brian Flores thing is going on. If you, in fact, and going with what you said, Hutton, which I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with, but if you hire David Coley, because David Coley's a great fall guy to get rid of one year from now to bring in familiar Patriot Josh McDaniels, mm-hmm. why not just hire familiar Patriot 
Brian Flores and or Gerard Mayo and not Lovey Smith. So that there's can you imagine if Brian Flores was currently coaching? It would while be shocking the league. Uh, that would, and Josh McCown would have been shocking. I don't know Lovie what Smith happened was with Gerard Mayo. Gerard Mayo could have said, I want this, this, and this based on control. Casario is also the guy who's in the coach's headset during the games. And Lovey Smith was asked about that, and he said, that has never happened where I've been, and it's not going to happen here. And then the same day, literally hours later, I believe Casario said, like, I'm going to continue to chime in when I want to based on how the game's going. Like, there, there's a leadership aspect that Paul's pointing to in our conversation right now from the top down of that organization that is just bizarre. And I don't know if you're a young coach or an old coach or how well-tendered you are if you want to get in the mix there. Of course, Cully, his first head coaching interview, ends up getting it. He certainly doesn't regret that, but there's no way we would have thought that they just elevate Lovey Smith to position in what was a last-minute decision if you look at the timeline of all this it, that's what makes none of it make any sense I, the, whatever I could, plan they had did not i could go easily the way point they thought uh, it was gonna go. or they know, didn't have one, a plan one plus two equals three if the conclusion was someone we were expecting or someone that makes sense with casario when the conclusion is lovey smith and pep hamilton yeah from david coley's staff none of it makes any sense no especially given what david coley just told us about philosophical differences in that I wouldn't fire guys they wanted me to fire. So they answered by firing him for that and then hiring his assistants to lead the ship. Yeah, and if it's not offense or defensive coordinator that you're asked to fire, then what difference does it make, really, in the grand scheme of things, who you're bringing back as the head coach with your staff? I mean, in terms of on-field influence on game day, most of the time, the coaches that are asked to get rid of a certain play caller either do it or they're out with them. It's not like, and we don't know which coach they were referring to. And two of the coaches, but that it's they, highly unlikely it, it's a, a wide receiver or linebackers coach. Well, and two of the position coaches from that staff are now on Mike Vrabel's staff: Bobby King, inside linebackers coach; uh, Tim Kelly, uh, who's now passing game coordinator here. I think was. Was he offensive coordinator in title, or was he quarterbacks coach? He was just um, – he was a – Offensive assistant. Offensive assistant, yeah, because they had Pep Hamilton running. He was the quarterback guy last year, and he was running the offense. He was, uh, Kelly was offensive coordinator previously. Yes. And now it's, now it's Pep Hamilton doing that solely in sole focus. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau uh, is the rookie we were referring to last segment who has an injury. He's going to have hip uh, surgery. Um, and that's not good for a rookie that you're trying to get a lot of production out of in the, the rookie season. Fifth overall choice. Um, oh, I shouldn't say surgery. I read this wrong. Hip injury that is going to keep him out of camp. Oh, all um, of camp? Not all of camp, but some, some portion yeah, of camp. And we're a month good. away from that, and they're already looking at this as being a, an issue with trainers. Not good. And they're declining to say what it was, but when they – they're calling it a tweak. Well, a tweak is a small word. And it can't being five, four weeks away, uh, a tweak is bigger than that. But it, as a long tweak as, is smaller than as that. As long as the guy doesn't miss what I would call like the joint practice work of training camp, 
then everything's okay. No harm, no foul if a, if a, a tweak or a minor injury is going to keep you out of a week of camp. Early. Early week of camp. Um, especially at his position most, where it's just line him up and go, right? But, like, he, he's, he's got to hit the ground running based on expectations for Kayvon Thibodeau and, and the Giants in general trying to revamp that, that pass rush because they have Ojolari, Aziz Ojolari, and they're pairing him opposite of Thibodeau this year. Um, 19 sacks in 30 games in college. Three seasons. And if he can come in and, and start producing from the start, it's highly unlikely we see a rookie do that, but he's got the type of talent. At one point, he was the number one overall projection. And now he's, you know, they're hopeful that they have him for the start of the regular season based on the hip issue um, that hopefully doesn't linger too long. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Coming up, more headlines. We recap today's show, look ahead to tomorrow and get you ready for the night of sports. And we, we need to talk Braves and, and Yankees and the weekend that was across Major League Baseball. That's next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Outkick 360 rolls on. So they have attempted to subpoena Daniel Snyder. The House Committee, of course, that was last week. This week was the expected timeline if things were going to go how they wanted it to. Of course, it's not. Uh, where they have tried to, they've at, the, the committee asked Snyder's attorney if she could accept service of the subpoena. Turns out, I don't know if this is over the weekend, but as of today, she's out of the country. So she cannot accept the service of the subpoena either. So they're both out of the country, which means... And guess who else is out of the country? They're not going to be able to do this. The other chief lawyer at that firm just left the country, and the third lawyer at that firm is on his way out of the country. How long can you just use the defense of, I'm out of the country? <laughs> can you just stay overseas well, for the foreseeable future and just continue to respond with, I can't, can't appear before Congress? Well, Armando Sorry. Salguero told us he thinks that Daniel Snyder is simply going to try to run out the clock here, in which case he could stay out of the country. Just, uh, just stay on out of tour Europe on his yacht. Stay yeah. out of the country until the, uh, the election, election, the yeah. midterms. Yeah. Just stay on his yacht until uh, off the coast of France. He's, uh, he's got his lawyers writing stuff up right now that says, you're in international water, so they can't prosecute currently. Paul, right so now he's... Fine. No subpoena delivery. What available. might he be walking by in France? <laughs> oh, the Champs of these, eh? <laughs> uh, probably Mont Montmartre. <laughs> Painting something, no yeah. doubt. Could be over at the, the Pompidou Center. I mean, think how awesome it must be <laughs> to be able to receive orders, legal advice that says, just stay on your yacht. You'll be fine. And we'll avoid all of this. Must check, be nice. Check out Portugal. Well, the, yeah, the, there's plenty of uh, other news, but the one that was dominating headlines last week may not be that way this week, given the fact that they can't actually service the subpoena uh, as, as they would like to properly. Um, Chad, your your Braves fell two out of three games to the Dodgers, but all 
all of the the matchups this weekend. It was featured drama, but nothing like the the Yankees and Astros. Yeah, it was a really great weekend in Atlanta and in the Bronx this weekend with two big time series for for as big time as you know a mid season Major League oh, Baseball yeah. I mean, series could be. There was attention paid to it. Well, Freddie played. He played well, but his return to Atlanta with all the emotion going on with that on Friday, with him being presented his ring, three great games that ended. In dramatic fashion last night with the Dodgers rallying two outs, down two runs, no one on in the ninth. And they go on to force extra innings and win the game in 11. And Paul, your Yankees uh, had a great series with the Astros, which I really think both could be a precursor to Mm. playoff series. The Yankees went 52 at-bats without a hit. They got no hit on Saturday by a combination of three pitchers. They went six innings without a hit yesterday before rallying for Aaron Judge's second walk-off in, in the series, I think. Yeah, but the, the, the walk-off earlier in the series, they hit, didn't, it was like 3 nothing, then 3-3, three, three, and then they, get, they didn't get another hit until the eighth or ninth inning three of that run, game. Yeah, three-run homer, and then uh, it, it's just unbelievable. It's one of those teams like you can never turn it off. Uh, Chad sent an all-rise message before I had I was just about to text you guys with he, he just did it again. Oddly, he rounded first and acted like he was done. And then the first base coach is somebody who's like, run it out. I think you got to run out a home run to get a home run. Yeah, you have to touch home. Yeah. So uh, he was almost willing to concede three bases in a home run. And as a guy who bet on him to win the home run title, I need him running Go out. Go touch that bat. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this can help your next contract, Aaron. Make sure Back you touch it. Back at home. it tomorrow across the Outkick Network. Don't block the box, but kindly lock your locks.